This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Exodus chapter 34 was kind of a chapter of do-overs. What I mean is, in this chapter, it begins after the incident with the golden calf. Remember, Moses had been on the mountain getting the law with the tablets, that, and God told him to go down and see what the people were doing, that there was a, a great noise. And Moses saw a golden calf that the people were worshiping. And Aaron said it had just jumped out of the fire that time, that incident, when God drew a line with the people. This is after that, when God calls Moses back to the mountain so that he can carve the law again on the tablets for the people. Because Moses had destroyed the first set when he saw the people's great sin in Exodus chapter 32, verse 19. So this is the kind of the do-over, sort of. So here in this chapter, chapter 34, after all that had transpired previously, it's important to remember this, even after all that horrible sight of the ridiculous golden calf that they were worshiping, after the Levites had, had killed by the sword their neighbors for bowing down to that calf, 23,000 of them, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, after that, after they crossed the line, after all of that, after God called Moses back to the mountain, God reintroduces himself. And God reminds Moses of who he is. God reminds us of who he is after all of that. Listen to verse 5 through 7 of Exodus chapter 34. To what God says when Moses comes before God with the two new tablets of stone. God says, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father upon the children and children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And Moses' reaction to that? He was scared. He bowed down and begged for forgiveness for the people. He knew everything that they had done. He knew their sin and their transgression. And he begged for God to continue to go with them, to stay with them on their journey. And of course God would. Because God had already drawn that line a long, long time before Moses. When he promised Abram in Genesis chapter 16, God drew a line, a line that God would never cross. A promise that God would never, ever break. And God reminds Moses at that promise. And then God outlines what he will do for them. In verses 10 through 11, he says that he will make a covenant with them. Perform miracles which had never been done in all the earth, so that all the people will see God working. He says he will drive them, he will drive from before them in that promised land the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All of that. That's what he's going to do for them. That's his promise. But that was also his line. As he was very clear. And so is the next part of what God says he will not do for them. Verses 13 and 14. He says, but you 
shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now again, remember this context. The power, the destruction that Moses and the people had witnessed with the incident, with the making of the golden calf, the death, the suffering. And here God warns them. The same temptation is going to be there for you. It is everywhere. It's going to happen when you get into this promised land. And he will not make the choice for them. It will be their job to tear down the idols in that land. Was it because he couldn't? Of course not. Because he didn't feel like it? No. Or maybe he just wanted them to have something to work work for in the land. To give them satisfaction of doing something since God was going to drive out the enemies before them. Well, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Of course that's not the answer. It's not that. It's because it's the same line that God has been drawing since the garden for his people. When God drew the line around the one tree, remember, and he said, don't eat of it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And then Joshua told the people in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15, to fear the Lord and to serve him in truth and sincerity, to put away the gods that they served in Egypt, and choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. He drew that line again. And Ezra told the people to choose God, and that meant that they had to give up their foreign wives. Ezra chapter 10, verse 11. It's a very clear line, and it was a hard line. And even Jesus drew that line. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. He said, you can't serve two masters. And so, at the core of it all, all the battles rage around us and rage on. And the, and the situations that are around us pull us here and pull us there. It really is always about that line, you know, that choice. God drew the line from the beginning in the garden, didn't he? And one that he would not cross when he prayed that there was another way. And that other garden, remember? It was a line that the father would not cross to save his son from torture and a line that the son would not cross to keep us from heaven. And so, remember in Exodus chapter 34, Moses climbed that mountain again with the tablets for a kind of do-over. And God reminded him of his compassion, his covenant with his people, and that his promises endure forever. Because that's a line God won't cross. He reminded Moses of, Moses of what he was going to do, what he expected of the people, and what he still expects of us. Because that same line is there today. Tearing down the altars that we've set up to worship. Our children, our grandchildren, our jobs, our hobbies, our life. It's our choice. But it is a line. He knows that. God knows that. Because God made his choice too. God chose us first. And, that is, and now it's our turn to do our part. 
what he won't do for us to tear down those altars and to choose him, his will, not ours. And it's for this, for that line, and for our choice that I bow my knees today. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.